So today is the 22nd of November, 2020. It's a Sunday. Today is a day for us to come together and build goodness, build merit. And this merit comes from various sources. One source is the practice of dana, or giving generosity, sacrificing various uh, things and qualities to give away. We can give uh, knowledge, can give physical objects, give time and energy and so on, give advice, like a doctor that gives uh, various kinds of knowledge about health. This is all uh, dana, all the same practice of generosity. And monks uh, give dhamma, uh, the giving of dhamma, which is the highest type of giving. So we see this practice of generosity. There are many types. Another type is when one has anger, um, the giving of forgiveness. This is another type of generosity. And when one gives the giving of forgiveness, then the heart feels at ease, feels better, lacks the quality of vengefulness and doesn't wish any harm. Another um, type of merit is the practice of virtue or sila. For instance, the five precepts are taking on the eight precepts, the 10 precepts or the 227 precepts. It's all merit and goodness. In this practice of virtue, there's no need to spend money or buy physical things or anything like that. But one has the intention to not uh, go against sila, for instance, not to kill, not to kill outside of what's uh, totally necessary. And even better than that, try not to kill at all. Or one can start out trying not to kill at least on the lunar observance days about once a week. And this is the arising of merit. And then and you, um, further on from that, another type of merit is the practice of bhavana, mental cultivation, making the mind peaceful. One method to accomplish this is to chant it to be so, for instance, 108 times, chant and make the mind peaceful. And some may ask after chanting and the mind becomes peaceful, is it okay to, or is it correct to sit in meditation afterwards? And yes, this is correct. And during the day, one can chant during the day to keep the mind from being lost in uh, busyness and distractedness. One can chant Budo, Dhammo, Sangho, uh, cultivate mindfulness in this way, train the mind like this. And this training of the mind is the building of goodness. And this goodness, the meaning of merit, the meaning of this goodness is the happiness of heart, the fullness of heart. This merit is uh, taken to be the support for this world and the other world. So be familiar with this, uh, the concept of merit, know what merit is and do it a lot. And doing merit a lot, then one feels more happiness. And when one has merit, however much, whether a little, one has done a little merit or a lot of merit, one can spread this merit to all beings everywhere. 
And the spreading of merit itself is a very meritorious uh, action that one does. Whenever one sadhus or anamodanas with the goodness of oneself for another, this is even more merit. So all these things are all merit. Listening to Dhamma, chanting, the giving of Dhamma, this is all about merit and goodness. And another uh, thing that's very important is the cultivation of right view. This right view has a very high level of importance. And we need right view in order to have our Dhamma practice be correct. For instance, the right view to believe in merit and demerit, to believe in rebirth and these, uh, these uh, beliefs make the mind uh, feel fresh and clear. For instance, believing that actions have results, that one has a mother and a father. And if there's no, if one does not uh, believe these things, then it's considered wrong view. And this wrong view uh, brings the mind, does not bring the mind merit, brings the mind lower. So we practice mental cultivation to be able to fight with the kilesas of greed, aversion, and delusion. And another type of merit is respect. Whether one respects those older or younger than oneself, um, one may respect uh, older people because they have more age and experience. There is one story about this I'd like to tell. There was an occasion where two very famous senior monks uh, went to meet each other. And these two great teachers, these two ajans, each one had many disciples. They were both uh, considered great teachers in their own regard. And the disciples wondered who will bow to who who will pay respect to who first because each group of disciples thought that their teacher was the best. And when these two teachers met, one of the teachers was senior in terms of um, monastic seniority. They had been a monk longer than the other Ajahn who had ordained after the first Ajahn. And so the junior Ajahn bowed to the senior Ajahn and this is following the Dhammavinya, the monastic discipline, according to the, what the Buddha taught, the discipline that the Buddha taught for the monastics. And then the disciples of the senior Ajahn were very happy because they thought that their Ajahn is better, that their Ajahn is the best. But then after, um, after this happened, then the senior Ajahn also bowed down to the junior Ajahn because this senior Ajahn had no views and conceit in his heart. And he was able to bow down to the junior teacher because this junior teacher, while he ordained after the senior teacher, he also had very great virtues and great qualities. So we can call this bowing according to Dhamma. The senior monk had nothing in his heart no conceit or views, nothing there at all. And so he was able to bow down to the junior monk and the disciples of the junior, the junior Ajahn were very happy to see this and thought that their teacher had such great qualities. 
So having been born, we train our hearts to have this quality of respect, respect uh, to the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, respect to, the, to our elders, and respect to individuals with uh, good qualities. And this is all merit. This is all a type of merit. We can practice this quality of respect and appropriate uh, deference of heart and we feel uh, fresh and happy. Training the mind in this way is important in society. One uh, has respect to one's parents, to one's spouse, to one's teachers, to one's elders, to these various uh, individuals in society and this is a great goodness and this is something that one can practice in daily life and this is a great blessing so we do this and we train our mind in this way at all times and in this way our mind is at ease so we take up this practice of cultivating right view which is a great merit believing in um, merit, demerit, the results of actions, believing in heaven, hell, and Nibbana. It is said, the great teachers say that there is heaven, there is hell, and there is Nibbana. And this is something one can see in the heart first. One can just look in one's own heart first. When the heart is very hot and agitated, this is hell. When the heart is cool and at ease, this is heaven. When the heart is able to let go, to see impermanence, stress, and not self, and is able to put everything down. This is Nibbana, even if it's just temporary. This is uh, Nibbana arising in the heart. So we train our minds and develop our minds to increase in merit, to have right view, straight view, correct view, which is a foundation for our practice. So one makes effort to train the heart and mind in this way, to make the mind more beautiful, uh, fresh and clear. We try, we make effort to do this. And in the beginning, it's difficult, it's tough, but it gets easier, it gets better the more one practices. It's just like a child, a very young child. You ask, is that child able to run? And before a certain age, before the child practices, uh, walking and moving their body, they're not able to run. And similarly, the child must go to school and learn and study before it can uh, take on a job and graduate and so on. So in the same way that a child must uh, train and practice in this way, it's the same with our Dhamma practice. In the beginning, one may have a lot of doubts about one's practice. But later on, with more experience and practice, one can gain confidence and know the way to see the Dhamma. Know that this way is the cultivation of mindfulness at all times, to let go of liking and disliking. When the mind is caught in liking and disliking, this is the mind falling outside of the path of Dhamma. And the mind that stays in the middle, this is Nibbana already. So one trains the mind to be in the middle to repeat the meditation words, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangho, train the mind to be still and peaceful, train the mind to be strong. And when the mind is strong and peaceful in this way, one is able to contemplate that there's no thing that one can find 
that one can truly call me, mine, you, yours, us, them. There's nothing to call a self. And when we see this clearly, then we can, uh, we're able to let go. And if one lacks the quality of samadhi, of collectedness, then one simply chases after all the various sense impressions and one doesn't see clearly. And this leads to many, many doubts arising. So try to cultivate mindfulness a lot during the day. Have mindfulness. And uh, this quality of mindfulness is a dhamma that's very valuable, has a great importance in our practice. We try to cultivate mindfulness, uh, sampajanya, clear comprehension. We try to do this uh, evenly throughout the day. And we contemplate all phenomena as empty, all rupa and nama, materiality and mentality. It's all empty. We seek to understand clearly the nature of this uh, materiality and mentality. For instance, we take rupa, materiality. It's... Uh, just these four elements that have, we can say the elements have proliferated to make all the various forms in the world, including one's own body. And this quality of nama or mentality, it's comprised of uh, one feelings, the feeling of pleasure, pain, neutral in the body and mind. This we call vedana. In this vedana, these feelings pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, they just come and they go. They're not stable at all. And we have the quality of sanya, of uh, perception, recollection. For instance, we remember names, remember things from the past, remember labels. And this, uh, we can say, is in the brain. And we, when we remember these things, then liking and disliking arise with regard to whatever one is able to recall. <clears throat> and the mind proliferating in this way can also call sankharas. And we seek to know the arising of sankharas as they come and go. And we see that they're not a me, not a mind, not a self. And lastly, in terms of mentality, we have vinyana, sense consciousness. For all the different six senses, each one has its own uh, consciousness. And we see that these six types of sense consciousness they're all not me, not mine, all the same. So we train our minds to know this clearly, to know that it's anatta, not self, that it's, there's no owner to be found. And we see all materiality and mentality as anatta. In doing this, we're able to overcome all stress and suffering. And we make effort to let go of liking and disliking. And this is the path to seeing the Dhamma. When we, we can believe this and have a firm conviction that this is the <clears throat> proper path of Dhamma practice. And one makes a proper effort in this way and has a goal in one's life. One sees that all the outer conditions are all ready. Everything is ready, all that's left. <clears throat> all that's left is to train the mind to see the Dhamma. So whether the Buddha arises in the world, whether the Buddha knows the Dhamma or doesn't know the Dhamma, the nature of Dhamma, the Dhamma itself is the same. 
and the Buddha has arisen in the world, and the Buddha has uh, known, understood, and taught the Dhamma for us all. And the Buddha taught us to contemplate that all phenomena arise, stay for a little bit, and pass away. And this is the way of nature. This is normal. This is Dhamma. It's not otherwise. And we can see, for instance, this very breath of ours arises stays for a little while and passes away. And we can see that life is just like this. Life depends on this breath. There's no certainty or stability there. It's constantly coming and going. And with the end of the breath, there's the end of life. When there's no breath, then this is death. So we can see, given this fact, then what is truly stable? What can we really call stable? We consider this body to be a self, and however many kilograms the body weighs, then if there's just a lack of this little bit of air, then the body dies just like that. So just this little bit of wind element coming and going, this entire body that we take to be me, take to be mine, take to be a self, it perishes uh, right on the spot. Do you see? The body uses this breath uh, to sustain it, and without the breath, uh, the body has no life anymore. So we have this upadana, this clinging and attachment to things as a self. But really, the when we look closely, uh, we see that this body is really not worthy of being called a me or a mine. The body is here only because of this a uh, little bit of wind element coming and going. With no breath, the body, the body dies and ends right there. So this, uh, these qualities of pleasure and pain, happiness and suffering, uh, they come and go according to conditions. So contemplate this. Contemplate all phenomena as impermanent, stressful, and ownerless, and uh, make the mind into Buddha to see clearly in this way. This is something we can see in this life. So may you endeavor to practice. May you be uh, determined in your practice and grow in Dhamma.